Kings of Friends podcast. We are rolling. And we are rolling. We're Episode back. 9. Episode 9. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> We're going to make 10. We're going to make double figures. Let's not talk about episode 10 before we've even started episode 9. No, let's nine. not do that. The thing is, is that everything's changed because we're not just a podcast now. We have no, a, no. an official title now. Yes. Um, do you want to tell us what that is? Well, when I was younger... Oh, no, sorry, no, what's no, the question? Oh, no, okay. okay. Um, your 20 metres swimming <laughs> It was 50 metres. 50 metres, um, thank you. Still yeah, got the, thank you. On the still towel. Got yes. Turn still on. Got, I think it was a purple badge. My was mom, that the 10 metres? I don't think my mum could ever be bothered to sew on the badges. I don't know where they went. Or well, maybe I didn't get a badge. It's got a certificate. You had to pay extra for the badge. I found you? my silver life-saving badge the other day. <laughs> but you never used life-saving. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never was in a position where I almost drowned in a swimming pool, but was able to save myself. <laughs> save myself. With a pair of pyjamas. Yes, um, yeah. I never had pyjamas. <laughs> although I did, um, I did save a rubber brick from drowning once. <laughs> yes. And went through a hoop to do so. Yes. Yeah. It was all perfectly lined up. <laughs> So, as we were saying, we've got some news about the podcast. We have, because now we have something we can add to our podcast. Yes, and what is that? Are you going to say it? Well, I'll say it, yeah. We are an award-winning podcast. We went down to Chelmsford for the Panic Awards. Yes. In February. Yes. And uh, we thought it'd be interesting just to sort of go down and sort of see what the Chelmsford thing is, because obviously we don't really know the Chelmsford scene. We know only a few bands from around there. Yeah, and there were so many Colchester bands and venues nominated. Nominated. That we thought, let's go down and, and see we let's go. see how they get on. And there we were, sitting in the crampon. Um, God, we ought to get this. It was, was it the Civic Theatre? Can we edit this at all? It was either the... It was the crampon theatre. Crampon theatre. It was the Civic Theatre. We've said both now, so I can edit. The okay, we'll edit that in. Yeah. <laughs> So we're sitting there, we're thinking, oh, you know, there's a few good acts here, and we know a few of them as well. And then it got to a radio show or podcast, and there yeah. was about six nominations, I there think. There was, yeah. Of which yeah. one of them was Literary Kings and Friends, yeah. and it came up on a big wow screen as well. I've never yeah. seen our words so large. I was overwhelmed. I know. Well, it was, I wouldn't like to say what the font size was, but it was, <laughs> it, it, it was big. You wouldn't be able to fit the font onto a standard size screen. No, that's right. I mean, each letter probably was over A4 sized. And there real, he was. Real size terms. The man Andy Paul. There he was. And then suddenly our name was called out and it was the most bizarre, like, well, we didn't come for this, actually, sort of moment. We weren't, we weren't coming for this bit. We were just coming to see what was going on, but we actually won. I know. We were so shocked. Uh, I actually was so shocked I dropped my camera, broke my lens. I didn't tell you that. I'd, I had to go buy a new one and say I had 100 quid. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, At probably. the Camera Exchange place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London Camera Exchange. Little we are one actually at the moment sponsored by London Camera <laughs> it's, Exchange. It's so if they did want to sponsor us. This is so uh, partridge. Sponsored by the London Camera Exchange. Um, well, we've mentioned them like three times now. They've got to throw a lens or something my way. Yeah, yeah. yeah all my £100 back. <laughs> so anyway, there we are. We're walking up on the stage and I'm literally looking at Paul Dupree, who's in the wings. He looks like he's sort of hiding in the wings. <laughs> About to come on as like, you know, Abacanals or something. And, and then I'm sort of throwing my arms out like, what's going on? What we, What's going on? You know, how did this happen? People out there, if you voted for us, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, we're, we're so pleased because we can now say we are award-winning and we are dropping that into conversation. And we were in exalted company, were we not? Colchester did so well. And in a way, when you look across Essex, you've got Colchester at the top, haven't you? Chelmsford in the middle and South End. Yeah. They are the key sort of scenes. And I think South End's sort of doing quite well at the moment. Yeah. But Colchester did remarkably well, yeah. considering that it's held in Chelmsford. Probably the majority of the votes are from Chelmsford, actually. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to know about some of the other winners, then? Yeah, why not? Pet Needs won Original Band of the Year. Uh, we also had The Meths won Solo or Duo of the Year. And then Venue of the Year was really pleased to see Coda. I mean, Coda have done so well. Oh, yeah. Remarkably well. I mean, they've yeah. put on, you know, for free, so many good acts over the last couple of years. But there was a band from um, Colchester, quite a relatively new band, who actually won two awards. Do you know who they are? Um, was it... Um... No, it wasn't. It was what, She's was in it? Parties. Uh, uh, oh, okay. She's in Parties won... New I was nearly there. That's what I was going to say. Newcomer of the Year and also yep. Single of the Year for their single Mess. 
Very well done, Colchester. Very we well done, Colchester. You can give yourself a town-sized pat on the back. And we are here to interview your asses off, if you ever want to, or, yes. are, or around. Yes. Right, before we go any further, we should mm. clarify. Yes. This is a review show. I cut, well done. <laughs> we are reviewing <laughs> our event which took place in March uh, at the Queen Street Brewhouse. Yes, we've got five acts to uh, review. Two poets. And three musicians. Oh, yeah. First up was Ricky Frost. Ricky Frost. Now, you do a lot of the headhunting for these acts. Um, I'd heard Ricky's poem. It was obviously on our last show. Ricky seemed like a passionate, um, you know, interesting poet. Uh, great voice as well. Really nice voice to listen to yeah. when he's reading out poetry, very which I always engaging. find yeah very engaging. So um, I interviewed Ricky Frost and asked him all about his poetry and uh, the poetry as it is at the moment in Britain. I'm here with Ricky Frost for Literary Kings and Friends. Uh, Ricky, you just performed. How did it feel? Oh, it was great. Yeah, no, really nice to be Good back stuff. at the brew house. Yeah. Nice to be back. Why do you write? What started you off as well? So, um, with the first po poem that I performed this evening, Empty Orchestra, um, a lot of my inspiration comes from music. And uh, so when I first started writing, I was in bands and stuff. And unfortunately, I'm a terrible musician. Um, <laughs> so I continued writing and uh, it developed into into performance poetry. Yeah, it's been a great journey. Was there kind of musical link in the way in which you perform, do you think? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like I say, I can't sing, I can't really perform music too well. So I try, I'm trying more to bring that kind of side out in yeah, things, yeah. yeah, definitely. What do you think the state of play is for poetry in this country at the moment? It's kind of diverse in a way that a lot of times uh, poetry can come from trauma. And um, of course, particularly in stuff like poetry slams and, and, and how competitive some, some people can get with emotions. Yes, right. The performances can be absolutely breathtaking. However, something like tonight is, 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 a, is a lot better to, to kind of connect with people and stuff in general. And that's more my kind of forte with, with poetry. Yeah, with poetry. Yeah. You had a really attentive audience as well, didn't you? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I mean, funny. yeah, no, I was, I was a nice big audience tonight and I think that says more about Litter of Kings than myself but <laughs> always great stuff yeah yes we um, we sort of tell them when they walk in you know if you speak while Ricky's on you're, <laughs> you're dead meat we said and they you know they, they did take it as a genuine threat <laughs> how does the sound of a poet's voice change their appeal is there a, a sort of musicality to the way in which some poets work which just cuts across better do you think 100% um, and I mean, a lot of the poets that I've been inspired by are more um, connecting with emotion and, and, and power in word that way. Um, but someone like Martin Reed, who's, who's reading this evening, um, he's, he has a different level of passion there. Right, yeah. And I mean, it's certainly I've, I've been inspired by that. But um, yeah, maybe musically in that sense, less seen in my performances. Um, I, yeah, I prefer to deliver, deliver a level of emotion, I guess. When it comes to music, I, I, I listen to absolutely everything, rap, country, Rock and roll, metal, absolutely everything, and all of it in, in, inspires my, my poetry, 100%. Fantastic. Have you got a favourite line of poetry you'd like to recite now, or a limerick or something? Something that you know off by heart? Genuinely, my favourite line that, I, uh, that I've written in the last few years is, even the most broken of piano keys is still worthy of the mm. symphony. Wow. And the journey I've had as a poet, that really reflects on, on, on myself. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much for this, and uh, great performance tonight. And thank hope you. to see you very much soon. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. So what we like to do, just um, because I'm sure you'll want to know this, is in a uh, review show, what we like to do is actually have a couple of songs from uh, local bands. Yeah. And just talk a little bit about them. And a really nice one to talk about this time, of course, is um, She's in Parties. Yep. A uh, band from Colchester. And as you know, winner of the Best Newcomer and Single of the Year at the Panic Awards, yep. which is pretty good. And yep. this is their first single. If you go onto Spotify and look up She's in Parties, there's only one song on there. That's pretty good going for first single. Yeah, I mean, again, it just comes back to this, like, uh, wave of talent that's coming out of Colchester at the moment. Colchester has got this deep purple patch at the moment. Yes, it's like a sort of volcanic lava pit of musicality, which is bubbling up and is burning our toes. Yeah. They call themselves hazy and ethereal. They're an amalgamation of shoegaze. Keep that in your head. Yeah. Uh, dream pop that belies mm -hmm. their relatively young age. Now... Mm. Tell us about shoegaze. Come on, because we're the right age to talk about this. Well, it's all coming back. If we go back to the late 80s, come on, just go back yeah. to that time. 
Let's just, you know, breathe in here. In the late 80s, there were rock groups. Like, yeah. for example, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. They were the kind of key instigators. Yeah. Bands like Ride, Jesus and Mary Chain, and then yeah. over the other side of the um, of the pond, uh, Dinosaur Junior. Bands like that. And what they did was it used a huge amount of effects. Yeah. Everything was just drenched in effects. Yeah. And what it meant really was you couldn't really distinguish a lot of the sound. It was all just one blur of sound. Vocals. Wall of sound. Yeah, it was a wall of sound. And vocals were incredibly reverb and, you know, just uh, sort of, not distorted, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, um, echoey and uh, the word. Um, anyway. Reverby. Reverby. And it was very drenched in effects and of course the term shoegazing came from the way in which they performed which was like an, an anti-performance you know so you'd yeah. have bands which would basically perform you don't really see them performing they look like they weren't there and they would basically look down at their pedals in a trance and it's so, so, so psychedelic kind of feel well it looks like it's all coming back in fashion yeah i mean we, so we, we see sort of elements in 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 some popular bands uh wolf alice have almost got like a yes. shoegazy thing it's definitely drenched in in a, in effect. a wash of sound in yeah. a wash of sound yeah, yeah. um so sort of music to lose yourself in really and um i think what's really interesting is all this stuff coming back now you know this sort of eternal cycle of music which is of course we sort of went through it in the late 80s you know and uh, you sort of know that feel and now it's sort of becoming quite popular again this kind of uh, drenching sound which is great so this is she's in parties with their debut single mess
Evie Frearson. Wonderful solo act that we um, felt we really had to get in for this time around. And she played piano. She did. And you put your back out with the piano. Oh, my God. (laughs) I had to um, borrow... Uh, a keyboard, like a, um, a digital, no, electric piano, it basically was. My God, was that heavy. Yeah. I mean, it was like moving Stonehenge from my car into the brew house. So Evie, she's quite brave. She's all let go and her voice is sort yeah. of like... Solely jazzy, I think. Solely jazzy. And she really plays the piano well, actually. I mean, she yeah. was running up and down that key and I thought, blimey, the, the, the chances of making an error are quite high. Yeah, I know. She certainly, she does, that's what I mean. She's brave. She's yeah. Like, she doesn't sort of go, oh, you know, roll out the barrel. It'd be, a bit, <laughs> it'd be a bit weird if she played that. Yeah, especially if Andy was going past with a barrel at the time. <laughs> roll, oh, hang on. I know a song about that. Roll out the barrels. She doesn't speak like that either. Yeah, so. she doesn't play like that either. The or thing is sing with, like that. The thing is with Evie is that she um, is an actor and a musician. So when I spoke to her, I was intrigued as to how much of the acting side creeps into her writing and her performance. I'm here with uh, Evie Frearson. Thanks for coming, Evie, uh, for Literary Kings and Threns. Uh, Threns? Threns. What drives you to write your songs? Life, <laughs> people. Um, it's mostly I like just escaping into different worlds. I mean, I'm an actor, so I also use it as another kind of outlet to kind of dive into these crazy worlds. It could be my own, it could be someone else. So, But to escape and have that chance to escape and go to these different places, that really drives me okay. to write. So who writes the best songs? <laughs> That's so tough. Okay, I'm going to say Prince because I don't want everyone to attack me. But also uh, John Mayer. John Mayer is like my favourite ever. I will always... Just John Mayer. John okay. Mayer. Answer. Complete. <laughs> Bang. That's it. Tick, ticked box. Yeah, okay. Ticked box. <laughs> the greatest songwriters, do you find them... The, the songwriters you really like, mm-hmm. do you find them uplifting or depressing? Oh, that's tough as well. Mm, I mean, like John Mayer, like I said, he he's in the middle. He does some songs that are a bit like... You know, but then you, you have to explain because yes. this is audio. This is audio. I'm doing a great <laughs> thing. I'm very visual. I have, I pull a lot of faces. Um, no, it, his stuff is in the middle, so you can kind of go from a lot of like lighthearted and excited and you know, great things to just being, you know, like gravity is such a down song, but you know, he kind of mixes between the two. I like John May for that, but then some like Billie Eilish who are just very. But I love Billy, she's great as well. What you're looking for really is is character out of music. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, I mean, uh, to be fair, I kind of go into different parts of myself, maybe. Uh, Stuff that I don't really, like, explore and that kind of thing. And uh, I write throughout and stuff that I I, I don't normally say and that kind of thing. But also I delve into characters or people I've seen on the street and I kind of go into their possible, like, mindsets and that kind of thing. Or people that I know, I'm like, what are they thinking right now? I could write a song about that. Uh, So, yeah, it could come from a lot of different characters so you that. sound like you're more than an actor you sound like you're possibly a writer like you're actually trying to vision other people's lives as well yeah I don't know I just feel like, I mean I'm actually really bad at like writing scripts but uh, writing music is a, it's a different thing so I guess it's like okay I could do that I could do that so, yeah. so what extent do you think your your acting world creeps into your writing and your performance generally it, it does I mean performance wise it 100% comes into where uh, it's it's tough sometimes because I like you know focus on the guitar that kind of thing but you know getting lost in the music and that kind of thing performing and my acting I think does come through mm. or it helps me at least or at least to think about what's going on in the song because I, I don't like a lot of musical theatre as well so to kind of somehow put that into my music it might not be everyone's cup of tea but it, it just it helps me perform it helps me kind of think about the song a little bit more but I think acting definitely does creep in Maybe not so much dancing, because I'm not the best dancer, but um, yeah, I definitely think like my acting and that definitely creeps into my music. No offence to musical theatre, although oh. I'm obviously about to say something, but you don't come across as someone who is trying to sing in a musical theatre style. You no. wouldn't know you're an actor and that you've been trained, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do like a massive, like, Lem is kind of ballad, but... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's it kind of... I don't know, it's a weird thing, but I like mixing two things that possibly don't go. I'm trying it out, seeing what happens. Uh, it might be bad, it might be good, but, it, you know, it's interesting and I, I find it really fun to kind of perform in that way. Direction-wise, where do you think you're heading? Do you think, it's like career-wise, do you mm-hmm. feel you're heading theatrical, musical, mm-hmm. or somewhere else? 
Right, it's it's a weird one because uh, I mean acting's my main thing, but 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 also music is my main thing. Uh, I like kind of doing both at the same time. So if I can have a really steady career in my acting, but also be a songwriter on the side, uh, you know, write songs for other people, but also be my own artist and perform and uh, get singles out there to people. I think that's my thing. So you know, doing having a steady career as an actor, but also getting to songwrite on the side. That's kind of where I want to go. And yeah, Evie, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thanks for playing for us oh, and you. agreeing to talk to us. Too. Oh, thank you. In third place. In third place. Coming in third. Uh, what we do is we 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 tell the artists they're playing and we give them. They did their handicapped, uh, the younger ones. <laughs> yeah. They start sort of 20, 30 seconds behind the older ones, yeah. and then we let them go. Yeah. And whoever gets to the stage first performs first. Yeah, so it's not big, the brew house, but you can pick up a bit of speed between yeah. the front door and the stage. Yeah. And Martin, poor Martin, came, yes. came third. Yes, he did come third. Martin has played at one of our events before when it was he, back in the old venue. In the old Forestish. Uh, as we, we spoke about at some length, um, his, his poem about uh, <laughs> Boris, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson in, yeah. the, in the last podcast. Well, um, yeah. So, so Martin Reed really is a born storyteller. I mean, he's a natural on the stage. He improvises. Uh, he knows a lot of history, local history and folklore. And he writes poetry as well. But we've told you all about this in the last podcast. It's a sort of story based around towns along the A12 corridor, oh, basically. The A12, yeah. Yeah. Including that shop. You've seen the, the adult shop on the A12? Love that. Yeah, I know. So funny. Imagine what? pulling off at that I know. stop. Oh, do you want to rephrase it? Um, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Um, me, me and Patrick were over a table. Oh, no, hang on. I'll rephrase it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the second. No, part. yeah, but well, yeah, but this, this drives me crazy. I often say this to Gina: Who is driving along the motorway and suddenly thinks, "Oh, I could really do it now." It's a bit <laughs> of porn. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> it's nothing to do with Martin. Nothing Reed, to do with Martin Reed. No, okay. Um, so. Um, I spoke to Martin yeah. under the cover of a lovely marquee. Oh, yeah, you can hear the rain on this. <laughs> yes, because it was actually um, pissing down quite a lot that night, but I managed to get under cover for this part, actually. Because oh, when, when I started listening to the interview, I was thinking, why have you recorded this old, uh, next to an old record player? <laughs> next to a gramophone. <laughs> yeah. I always carry a gramophone with me. It gives you atmosphere. Martin just sort of um, infuses just knowledge and wisdom and, you know, great vocabulary. He's a wonderful person to interview, actually. And uh, here's some things that I asked him. Right, I'm here with Martin Reed for Literary Kings and Friends. Receptive Hi. audience? Yes, yes, pretty much. Um, I mean, I did a poetry, a co comedy poetry set about Essex to an Essex uh, audience <laughs> it's a bit of a shoo-in really isn't it <laughs> everybody loves laughing about the, yeah. the place where they live why do you write spoken word and where did it start for you it started many many years ago when I was depressed and wrote stuff to do with my own circumstances since then my life is has is somewhat different and i no longer write stuff about myself i don't care <laughs> so your perspective has changed basically yeah yeah i mean a, a lot of people do write about themselves in poetry and spoken word and i, and I respect that but um it's not something that I, i'm bothered with there's a, a bit of a dividing line between people who write poetry about the feelings and about themselves, which seems to be the kind of the thing at the moment, the most popular sort of thing at poetry slams. And then there's people who write, you know, observational stuff about other things, which seems more down your line, maybe. Well, to be honest, you know, uh, I mean, poetry slams, etc., are populated by young people who are obsessed with themselves, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's like most, most pop songs are about 20-year-olds love problems and you, you kind of, well, I wouldn't say you grow out of it, but, but you, you, you take a more outward-looking view uh, as you grow older, I think. Why do people need spoken word in their lives, do you think? That's a very difficult question because I'm not sure that they do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, my question. I, I, I kind of, I do funny uh, comedy, poetry. It seems to go down well. I enjoy it. The audience enjoys it. So why not? Um, 
what I do when I when I'm uh, performing live is uh, is not what I call poetry at all. Uh, I call that verse, comedic verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where there's nothing wrong with verse, um, and especially if it raises a laugh and you know. Uh, but um, poetry itself is a very different thing, and it uh, involves the different uh, kind of uh, mental. Uh, disciplines um, which are useful in their own right I think for thinking about um, how words are used that's that's what contemporary poetry is about it's that you know you've got a a, a lens which is language and how you use that lens is ultimately what uh, poetry I- poetry itself is all about you are a man of many talents well, um, a lot, yeah. do they sort of coalesce into do they gel together into one martin reed all these different things? yeah yeah but only i know that mm. i write stories I, I spend about an hour a day uh, writing stories right. um and that's my creative base really or uh, it, it happens I, I, a lot of everything else i do is because of my history people ask me to do things right. so i do them and um, these days, sometimes I make money at it. So, because I because I've acquired the skills and the knowledge um, in terms of uh, event management and things like that, accidentally because I never right. I, I never actually wanted to be in event management. It was never a decision I made. For the last two months, I have been applying for Arts Council and Essex funding for the Eco Festival yeah, in yeah. in September. You know, everything has September the third. September yeah. the third, indeed. <laughs> everything has to be applied for in advance. You know, and it's a, you know, the, the Eco Festival was a medium-sized festival of three and a half thousand people for for one day. Uh, you would not believe the amount of work that entails. You know, you've got <laughs> yeah. ten to eleven people working almost full time for the whole year. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that know. is incredible. Uh, and we're, we're, we're trying to expand out. Also, I, I, I'm, I do street theatre, mm. and I very much enjoy that, and we get paid for it, mm. um, and we, we have a group called the Obby, Obby's Oslers, Yes, I've find seen on some Facebook. of those. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Um, and that's great, because you go out and you perform to people. When you're a street theatre performer, the, the critical thing you... Uh, you, you, you pick up is that most people have no experience of live uh, theatre mm. at all I apart right. from apart from pantomime and maybe the you know the kids uh, nativity play that's all they've ever seen and if you perform to them three feet away mm. they're absolutely bowled over oh, by yeah. the fact that somebody is acting do you feel like this is tr- a tradition or a, a sort of form of entertainment that's just lost really in this country do you think? well it's getting actually it's it's expanding you know i mean uh that <clears throat> yes in the long distant past it was probably uh well yeah in the, in the 17th century um there was a lot of street theater around uh in medieval times there wasn't because uh, actors were um, by definition people who lied for a living and therefore right. they they were uh, subject to a papal bull burned with the witches pretty much so yeah. uh, even even religious plays like the mystery plays mm. um, the actors you know <laughs> there, there will be ta- amateur actors doing the mystery plays however um, professional actors would be brought in and the guilds who ran the different uh, plays mm. would hide the fact that they were using professional actors because professional actors were, you know, they were they, they were destined for hell, you know. That, that yeah. was, um, and so uh, street theatre as such has never been, uh, I, I don't think it's been ever been a, a greatly accepted art. Mm. How, however, recently, yeah, we've, yeah. we've been making inroads, okay. you know the year 2030 what's it going to look like martin either we're going to be a nuclear winter wasteland Mm. which is possible Mm. sadly more more time off work then for everyone (laughs) yes or or time off life (laughs) (laughs) or what (laughs) or or, 
the more positive thing I think I've seen more and more people getting involved in environmental issues uh, and it seems to be something that almost almost everyone can agree on so I you know I see that almost as, as becoming well it's difficult to say this but almost replacing the pl the the function that religion had right. in the past right. is that you know people's concern for the environment and and kindness for the environment you know the west has a has a has a problem not having any really uh, spiritual um, values uh, i mean the material values that can't really sustain it um and i think that it's possible that, that you know that will fill the void <laughs> Right, we're going to play another song from another local artist or group of artists. <laughs> otherwise um, known as a band. Otherwise known as a band. Yeah. And this is kind of the other end of the scale. So we talked about She's in Parties, very young band. Well, Ecto Peach. I'm not the other end of the scale. They're not, not like they're not like 150 or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. But they are well, they're our yeah. age. Coming live from the graveyard. <laughs> but they're our age. They're our age. Which and, probably um, to people like she's in parties, they probably do think they're age. Oh, precisely. But Ecto Peach, they they really uh, promote themselves as being middle aged angst. Yeah. Now this is this is the phrase they use: middle aged angst, no longer fueled by dreams of stardom. It's almost like a strapline for them. Yeah. You can have that on a t-shirt, can you? I'm no longer fueled by dreams of stardom. I'm just fueled by Brie. Well, Ecto Peach are angry. Yeah. And in this song, Alphabetty Sweaty, they say, I can't find a place to park. And the last verse actually says, there's no way I'm checking to see the damage done. Forget that garden decking. I'm a woman on the run. And what's happened is she's hit someone's car in the car park, but she doesn't want to check to see what's happened. Forget the decking. I'm off. Yeah. So it's quite an amusing, uh, quite an amusing uh, line. Um, the video is shot somewhere around Colchester. Yeah. Now, it'd be great if someone could tell us where. So you get in touch. Get in touch on Facebook and tell us where this place is. You can find them on Spotify. They are there waiting and they are hungry for gigs. Yes. Oh, yes, they are. Do you want to hear the song? Yep, let's hear it. Okay, this is Ecto Peach with Alphabetty Sweaty. an interesting uh, name for a band obviously I'm not quite sure where that comes from I'd be interested to know um, is there a wordplay of Echo Beach is that even true Luke the Fisher Luke the Fisher Fisher the Luke of Hazard. well Luke has been an exceedingly busy boy 
He's such a busy boy. Yep, he's been having babies. He's been giving birth for many months now, and uh, he's a delight to watch. But I do notice after the performance, he's a little bit lighter these days. He used to be all fire and come on in, but now yeah. he's more like, oh, hello, I'm Luke Fisher. Yeah, he's lo- lost a bit of the... Um when I was so aggression, he's not, he wasn't aggressive, but that uh, musically... <laughs> he wasn't threatening us last time. No, he wasn't threatening us, but... It, it's it, just it, a lighter touch. Don't yeah, a lighter, lighter touch. touch. Yeah. I think it was. And, um, yeah, I mean, he sort of did, you know, tell us about that as well. He actually thinks that he has changed in the yeah. way in which he performs. I'm here with Luke Fisher. Hello, Luke. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Yeah, I've got some questions for you to answer. What do you want to sort of want the audience to get out of your music? So, I write songs to get something off my chest. Um, you know, just a, a thought or a feeling, and if someone else gets, you know, finds solace or peace and comfort in in my songs, um, then that's a winner, isn't it? You know, and it's just everyone goes through the same heartache at some point, whether it's you know relationship or you know even material. You could, it could be anything. You know, want people to have a good time, and um, yeah. you know, I, I would say sing and dance. But um, mm. recently, my finger picking and uh, new style of playing isn't very much dancing. Like, so it's a very honest style of songwriting. It's not something I'm used to, to be honest. Yeah. I, don't, I don't tend to write like that. <laughs> yeah. I write about anything but myself. I know. mean, yeah, I sort of speaking to the American Luke Fisher, he said that, you know, I'm very much a bigger picture kind of mm. songwriter, you know, and in, in the fact that, you know, if there's a, a problem or something I, I don't agree with, I always look for the, the positive. Even with Born to Lose, you know, the lyrics being, you know, liar, cheat, and a king of fools, there is in that song, there is still some positivity. With that song, that song in particular just reminded me, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of instant classic, really, and it feels like it's sort of off the cuff, um, kind of a feel, you know, came straight yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an old song now that I can't mm. remember how long it took me to write. So I was just coming out of a, I was at the tail end of a being in a band. It was a ska punk band, and uh, we set up the recording equipment. And I just, you started playing the chords, and it's, I mean, it's, it's technically the same chords as "Time of Your Life" by Green Day. And so, so before right. and, like, previous gigs, I, I used to go from, you know, "Born to Lose" into "Time of Your Life," and then back into "Born to Lose." Right. Um, so yeah so it's kind of it was just off the cuff and then I sort of worked on it worked on it worked on it but yeah it was the very first song I ever wrote as a solo Mm. artist so it's always going to be it's always going to hold that special place in my heart you've got a lot on Spotify I mean for a solo artist you've got a lot of material on there it's a, it's a great introduction that song because you laugh yeah. and then you say something and it's almost like <laughs> you, you didn't even know they were recording yeah. you, you know? it feels very natural yeah, yeah. we, we uh, so it was me and a friend Josh White and he'd done it under the recording production of White Noise <laughs> right. and it was basically in his bedroom and so when he sent back the the, the, the mixes he said oh you know we kept it in and it was just like yep yeah, it's got to stay in there because yeah. it shows a bit of I don't know kind of sets the tone a little bit tell me the story of Luke Fisher from your youngest to now what sort of, what sort of channeled you uh, through from uh, being a young man to now musically <laughs> what, what have you enjoyed uh, so my beginnings very much in punk rock uh, I sort of found music through uh, sort of CDs and taping off the radio when that was a thing you know I sort of grew up with skateboards and BMXs and then you instantly fall into the sort of Tony Hawk soundtrack and playing Tony Hawk games and then that's how I got into like my Scar music with um, Goldfinger and Nerfex and it's very much American kind of East Coast bands you're a father now to twins yep. so um, has this <laughs> nothing but hysterical laughter yeah. um, has uh, this sort of rubbed off on your music or do you think it's going to have an effect I'll just be honest with you because you know it's an interview it's, it's an interview and you have to be honest and um, I was very very nearly well, I was very close to jacking it all in and that's not because of the boys but it's just because you know I've been doing it for so many years now and I'm just kind of a bit I don't know, jaded, I suppose is the best way to put it. Um, it was actually Katie that's kept me going with it. And it's the boys, you know. You know, we sort of worried about the pregnancy and everything, you know, up to that, that day. And then when we hear them, you know, crying when they've 
you know obviously come out and it's it all makes kind of a, a sense but not sense at the same time and uh, you know I just kind of I think my songwriting is now going to be directed not about the boys as such but to more you know to be that positive role model and to be like do you know what like if you really want to do something then do it you know and that's something that I would like to you know for my boys to be you know well dad's been doing this or you know can we do this dad well yeah you of course you can do that you can achieve anything I'm still doing uh, I'm still part of a cover band yeah. uh, called Sketchpad and the Dogheads mm. so Sketchpad with my tattoos yeah. and uh, I was working out in a garden with the bass player and we found a doghead a dog head in the uh, we, we, we were putting in foundations and it was just God. just the just the skull of this dog and we went doghead we're doghead sketchpad and doghead and that's how it come about but I've also joined an originals band they've already got songs written mm. I'm not the singer yeah. I'm just you know grunting the backing vocals and playing a bit of lead guitar last question then Luke um, should people wear glasses if the optician damn well tells them to I think everyone should wear glasses <laughs> like even if your eyesight is perfect you should just wear glasses because they're, yeah. they're cool on top of goggles on top of my glasses and I don't get anything in my eyes I actually see what you're saying so when someone comes up to me and then you know they're just wearing the frames you know you just kind of want to poke in the eye the larks the larks yeah a duo a from duo. Mary St. Edmonds. Two vocals. Two vocals and, well, two guitars, but generally uh, mandolin. One guitar mandolin one. for the lady. Yeah. Like if they were at the bar and they said, what do you want? You go, yeah, yeah. But oh, she doesn't have ice with the mandolin. Through that Lux. Well, the so Lux are... Liz and Chris. Liz and Chris. They are an originals um, folk, contemporary folk duo, I suppose you'd call them, from Berry St. Edmonds. Yeah. They actually came down. They absolutely love the brew house. Yeah. They and loved Andy it. loved them as well. Andy loved them. It's always a key thing, that, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to come back and have another gig? Nice to have a duo for the headliner as well. Yeah, you ask a bunch of questions as usual. So how did you two meet to become the duo that is the Larks? Is there a history to it? We were in the pub. Yeah, there was, of course we um, did. Yeah, I, I, our local landlord, he, he used to be in a band, and so I, I took my guitar down and said, suggested he... Sing, do you know sing along for a bit and um, a couple of the lads came down and um, and then Liz got wind and uh, and asked you know can, can she join in of course she can yeah and uh, sorry we've got Jane with us here do you want to say something it was a lovely evening Great. really well played everybody oh, I'm glad really you enjoyed, enjoyed it, it and uh, well presented as well so Chris how does it work uh, in terms of uh, sort of initial ideas do you work together or are you working separately to develop these things um, we work I think generally one person has the initial idea and then brings that to the room and then we work together and I suppose I, uh, quite often I mean, most of the songs that have come around lately Liz has done most of the legwork and I try and make it accessible you know try and get a, make sure there's a hook make sure uh, we work on the basis that we try and keep the audience awake and uh, if they're awake they might hear something yeah. and, um, and it's just trying to make sure that what we're trying to say actually is heard really folk music in um, Essex and Suffolk where do you sort of sit in that scene I mean what, what's the landscape well, of folk um, we're not traditional folk artists so you might find in a in a very traditional club they may look slightly askance at us um, but we are writing about the everyday we're writing about people so we feel that what we write about is relevant and we generally sit quite happily in a folk festival amongst traditional artists as well um, and we, we've got some traditional songs that we sing as well um, we've, we've you know adapted and, and do what we do with them and sometimes in a folk club we might even play you know the odd the odd cover you know we've been known to play a song by the cure or even radiohead or anything i was impressed with the smiths cover well that's, that's what we do yeah yeah and it's great what, what what reminded me is how well that song's written it takes very little to know what song you're singing there does it yeah. i mean it's an immediate you know straight yeah. away so we don't you know we, we, obviously we it was great i i think your night is is great to to stipulate original music 
but we don't just play our own stuff you know we, we can hold down a pub for a few hours if we want to and, um, and play folk clubs I and mean, we basically try and tailor our set to who's listening really uh, we, I'd say we kind of learnt our craft by playing other people's songs that's how we came together to play other people's songs and it was after a year or so that we started writing um, and well it just hasn't stopped do you think um, labels in music are helpful? Um, I don't know. It depends. I mean, it, it, uh, for instance, if, you, if you're if somebody's looking to book a band, then you know, if they want um, a full-on dance band and, and they get us, I'm afraid that's not going to. You know, we're not going to. We're not going to fill the floor all night. You're going to be bottled off stage. It was stage. known and it was we a disaster. <laughs> we, we have had that experience, yeah. And uh, if we could have played. Um, Beatles covers all night would have been fine, but we, we, we only had three, and uh, it wasn't. <laughs> you can't keep going round and round. It wasn't enough. They'd have noticed. We played Madonna. Yeah, who else? We played some Britney. We played a bit of Britney, didn't we? You know. And, and it uh, is getting to the root of the song. We don't actually care where it comes from. All it, we need is that we both like it, and that when we take it to pieces and take it down to the bones, that we've got something really beautiful coming out with some meaning. So I think all our covers we carried on playing them and we still enjoy them though we've played them for years I think I think it's um, if you learn a, to play a, a song quite often um, it's startling um, how good the words are I mean especially from like the punk new wave era you think it's all about feedback and um, loud guitars but actually a lot of those songs I mean like the Smith songs that you you mentioned uh, Actually, the, the words are there. Are they're proper. They're poetry. Very good. Mm. Poetry, poetry in, in a loud hurry. And, but if you play them a bit more slowly with mandolin and guitar, they they, they stand up. Plans for the future? Um, I think basically we. I just. I think we agreed that we're just going to play as many nice gigs as we can. I think we're we're, we're going to in, in a moment we're going to go and talk to your man here. Apparently, we're going to be playing here again, uh, you know, for a longer set. So that'll be that's Fantastic. something to look forward to. Yeah, the first time here, and he's really impressed. That's great. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, it's it, yeah. Yeah, really yeah. much, very much. Yeah, um, and so yeah, and then just you know, always on the lookout for things. You know, if somebody's got a festival they want us to play at, that's that's great. And yeah. just collecting experiences, really. You know. I interviewed a band uh, the, the other week actually who said and the lead singer guy said um, there's no there's no a higher high than when you write something great oh, you know it's like yeah. it's the best feeling in the world yeah. you know yeah well and then there's writing it is one thing and then the other thing is playing it and people yeah. people enjoying it that's yeah. that's a rush it's wonderful that's a rush and people um, if you play a song and people join in yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've played a folk festival where people now they know our song and they sing this for us. Yeah. It's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It was a good night, wasn't it? It was a really good night, and they 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 um, topped yeah. it off beautifully. And they really liked the audience. The audience were listening in. And as you know, what it's like the brew house. If you've got the front of the crowd quiet, actually, you don't really hear the back, even if they're not really if they're still talking and whatever. Yeah. You, you know, it's sort of an enclosed space. It's nice like that. Works yeah. well. And they really like the beer as well. So, yeah, it was a great night. We will have another one coming up in the middle of the year. June the 3rd, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, June the 3rd, we have our next event coming up, and there will be more spectacular acts already in the planning. But we will talk about those in a later podcast. Yes, that will be in a, uh, in a preview. In a preview. <laughs> not a review podcast. That will be in a preview, preview podcast. podcast. Yeah. That does kind of wrap up our... I, I believe it's our third. Third, yes. October, December, March. Blimey, they yeah. fly past. They don't do fly past. Our third event at the Brew House. Got, I've got my teeth in. I can't even talk about it. Of course, as always, we do like to pr promote anybody who's... Well, anybody in the local scene, but certainly we do keep a special eye out for anyone who's played at Little Red Kings and Friends. So, anyone who's listening, anyone who's played our events before... Keep in touch with us. Let us know what you're doing. We're we're happy to shout about what you're doing. Singles, uh, gigs, pairs, singles, pairs, <laughs> <laughs> double albums, double albums, anything, anything. Just let us know what you're doing. Yeah, um, music. Not. Um, I picked up a piece of litter today. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a Toffo wrapper. Something like that. Well, that to be honest, though, that would be quite exciting because I ain't seen one of those in a few years. Well, yeah, I do like yeah. Toffo. I like the old Toffo. Today I found a dead body in the woods. I don't. They don't tell us that. No, tell the police. Well, unless you want to try to get away with it. No, of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, think whether it was you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yes, yeah, so we'll be back next time with our local scene podcast. Local musicians. Local uh, musicians and, and also a promoter who likes to put on events in Colchester and does a bloody good job of it as well. Yes, a very understated uh, promoter, Ben Howard, who's currently at the Three Wise Monkeys. I uh, really enjoyed interviewing him. I can't, can't wait to uh, put that podcast out. We also talked to Anna's Bones in the next uh, podcast, uh, a, a new band that's been put together fairly recently, a, a gigging all over the place, doing really well. And Grebo, of course, who are the uh, three-piece sort of shoegazy as well, very 90s sort of feel. Uh, we'll be talking to them as well. So we'll see you then, if not before. Don't we normally have a funny bit at the end of Word association. Word association. Word association. Word association. Piano. Recital. Piano. Guitar. Piano. Auto. Piano. Keys. Moon. Sun. Moon. Stars. Moon. June. Moon. Sun. Gherkin. Pickle. Tower. Sandwich. <laughs> Word association. Word association. Word association. Word association. Government. Shit. No comment. Lucky. Not so lucky. Lucky. 13. Antelope. Antelope. Gazelle. Antelope. Gazelle. Zoo. Bear. Beer. Beer. Cider. You pass the test. To the other side. <laughs> Am I allowed to say this? <laughs> um, what's the... You have failed. I think if an alien landed, they'd think that was normal conversation. Literary kings and friends talking bullshit again.